The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. And I run... <laughs> Sorry. I run the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. <laughs> Think you that counts as a screw up for me? Like you, you guys, I, I nailed it. Uh, but you also laughed too. So well, like the problem was. So yeah. I started it just doing it kind of stilted, and then I fell into like a mid Atlantic accent by yeah. the end, and then you ended up, uh, yeah, wherever I was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm Ryan Abraham. I think that was a mid Pacific that you ended up. Uh, maybe ended somewhere up in, like yeah. that. Uh, you know, together, uh, they've put your fist to over here. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Higher. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. 
Boom. Together we make the podcast of champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. I guess for a couple more weeks, and then who knows uh, what's going to happen. But we got we got a lot of stuff. Uh, change is imminent. There's change happening uh, everywhere. I'll, let me get into the uh, preamble stuff. You can email us, Pac-12podcast at gmail.com. Call or text us at 424-532-0678 or tweet us at Pac-12podcast. Um, our website where all of our content is pack content is is pack 12 podcast.com and then if you have the apple podcasting app we would love a follow over there leave us a five-star rating and review we love all that stuff do we have any new ones david we do we have two new ones oh nice uh we the- get it consistently i don't know about the broadcast like some the usc football one the peristyle podcast kind of goes up and down and then i post it on the boards like Hey guys, do a review. So now there a bunch of reviews are coming. But That's great. We have just been good at getting consistent reviews on this one. So that's because we, we beg for them. Like uh, no, we just ask. You yeah, know? like desperate. But desperate we appreciate people. it, everyone that's leaving the reviews. So thank you. Uh, this is from. Uh, I'm going to go with Junior Newsom. Three, five stars. Okay. These idiots. These guys are complete idiots. But like all idiots in my family, I've come to need to listen to them on a weekly basis. I really hope this show goes on by covering all Pac-12 teams in their new conferences. It will keep the pack alive. Thank you. Appreciate the five-star review. It seems like the path we'd be going on. I don't know. Yeah. This is from 28 Pitch, five-star review. Oh. Great podcast. The guys provide the best analysis anywhere of the games week in, week out. David's parody of a Bruin liberal arts grad is a little over the top, though. Never attending a UCLA game is believable, but lazy, unemployable, relying on his Trojan engineer buddy for a job? Really? (laughs) Thank you very much. Five-star review. Uh, Thanks for those. We do appreciate that. Um, we got a lot of stuff to kind of get to, but there's some... uh, Before we get to most of it... um, I don't know. We sat here uh, recapping all the games, and uh, you gave uh, Mr. Chip Kelly a like five percent chance mm-hmm. of coming back. My breaking news. Uh, that was your breaking news, and then your website just ran with it, I guess, and mm. said, "Hey, he's going to be fired." So, what is the latest going on with what you personally, David Woods, are reporting about the coach, the head coach that you cover, uh, Chip Kelly? Well, we've heard. Is that the intention is uh, is to fire him after uh, maybe after the USC game, maybe at the end of the season, but uh, that's the intention. Wow! So they are basically want to go into the Big Ten with a different leader. Correct. Okay. Not not uh, the coach who has gone thirty three and thirty three, who has in his now almost six years at UCLA. Has six wins over teams with a winning record. Okay, so that's one per year. That's pretty good to beat teams that are winning. Like that's every year, basically. <laughs> every year he gets exactly <laughs> one. Uh, yeah, so uh, they're not recruiting well. Um, you know, fundraising's down uh, for football, um, particularly for NIL. Um, so is it shocking that the recruiting's down? Like <laughs> when. When you've got such a fervent recruiting yes. uh, head coach. and uh, A bulldog on the recruiting trail. <laughs> Relentless. <laughs> How has this lasted six years? How has it lasted six years? You tw- some of your tweets. you got to go check out David's tweets. They're really funny about some of the, uh, you know, the, just, yeah, the, the data behind 
um, you know, a 33 and 33. There was a lot of fun stuff this week. Uh, I did some of that stuff, but I also decided to go back and dunk on myself um, for all of my tweets right when he was hired. Yes, that um, was funny. You were retweeting your old tweets about... <laughs> oh, just all the great things yeah. UCLA's going to do with Chip Kelly. And then they went uh, 10 and 21 through uh, three seasons. Um, we had a comment uh, from Colt. Uh, Does my $50 donation mean nothing to you? Let me win the survivor pool so I can hear all about David's fourth favorite president. <laughs> um, I th- So I looked through the emails. I believe Cole is the only one that responded. Like we haven't got, but basically we asked the, the four tying, you know, the people that were survived to give us their picks. And I don't think we got any yet. Not yet, but we did give them till Saturday morning. Okay. So Colt, if we don't get any, you win for sure. Uh, how about this? How about this, Colt? No matter what, after this weekend, I will give you two solid minutes on my fourth favorite president on this show. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think Colt's going to end up winning, you know. Um, John is saying extend chip. Um, I think one of the things when you make a coaching change, like keeping like continuity can be important. And I know that you are a huge fan of Clancy Pendergast. So I think just, you know, promoting him would make a lot of sense if you have to, you know, part ways with chip. So I will definitely, you know, some of the stuff that you had told me about some of these coaching candidates that you really liked. I mean, maybe if they fill it, maybe that fits right in. And Westwood, like maybe Clancy. Like, do, you, do you think Clancy coached in a Super Bowl? Like, considering so, how he's been snubbed by his alma mater, do you think Jeff Fisher would maybe want to come over to Westwood? That's the real question. Ooh. How old is Jeff Fisher now? He's got to be seventy, right? Yeah, I think he is. No, he's he's sixty five. He's a youthful sixty five. Yeah, Jeff Fisher, baby. Um. Kyle said, "Get it trending, Fisher to Westwood." Kyle saying, uh, "Coward thinks it's a huge mistake to let Chip go." LOL. Uh, yeah, uh, there's listened, some people that are definitely like. I listened defending. to Ryan's boy uh, Colin uh, talking to Joel Klatt, um yesterday, the day before. Um, a more idiotic segment could not have uh, been produced. <laughs> uh, like if you if you got like the monkeys on typewriters, they couldn't have done what those two geniuses put together it was incredible who was who was talking colin and who and, and joel Klatt. oh uh, and so it was just it was Klatt. just well it was like coward who like doesn't really know anything about ucla but then Klatt, who was like aggressively aggressively carrying water for chip kelly wow while talking about how he doesn't have resources and that was when i tweeted yesterday oh i saw that yeah. chip kelly is literally the most resourced coach in ucla history they have maybe the most expensive training table in all of college football you know but having lobster is one thing but you need steak <laughs> and lobster you can't just have lobster that's what they used to feed prisoners, David. You get this just lobster alone. That's what prisoners ate. A man cannot live on lobster alone. Yes, you need the steak and the lobster. If you're Jim Harbaugh, like milk and steak, that's all you need. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I mean, here's okay. So if you want to make an argument, if you want to make a bad faith argument that UCLA is a you know horrible job and nobody can win there, the the avenue right now that's legitimate is fan support and NIL is not up to snuff. I think that would get figured out as soon as they get a real coach, but right now, not up to snuff. And so those are the angles. But like institutional resources is not an angle. Like they have resources. They do the private planes everywhere now. They have 
basically anything the head football coach wants, he can get. Um, you know, they've got all the bod pods, all that kind of stuff that they could possibly want, all the high tech, 3D imaging, all this stupid stuff that they don't need. They've got it all. <laughs> they've got a great facility. None of that stuff is legitimate. People saying that are saying stuff from 2008 when Rick Neuheisel was correctly but ridiculously complaining about the number of gloves available to his team. Yeah. I mean, Rick Neuheisel did not have enough gloves, and uh, now they have plenty of gloves. So, All right. Training table. John has a question. Sorry. A uh, little inside baseball. Training table is just the food. Um, so for a long time, and this is another example of UCLA being poorly resourced, there wasn't a training table, meaning the athletes had to like – they might get like some prepackaged lunch that they could grab from the Acosta Center, but there wasn't like meals on demand, you know, at all different hours of the day. Now there is. Um, and so it's a way to uh, handle the nutrition of uh, players. And most major college football programs have this at some level. UCLA's became very robust under Chip Kelly. Like they handled nutrition like from dawn to dusk for all these guys. Yeah. Um, and it allows you to manage, you know, body composition, strength training, all that kind of stuff in a more, um, you know, uh, over the top way. It's ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. It's another angle of just like the complete ridiculous professionalization and like, I don't know, um, uh, uh, factorization of these players um but it is uh, a, a prerequisite for most major jobs now yeah it's like a systematic approach to nutrition so like if you're a lineman there would be certain menus there. i mean there's there's a lot of that goes in there there was a development i don't know the last decade where like walk-ons weren't allowed to attend these you know the training table stuff and now they can so they've they've opened that stuff up a little more yeah um alex says dave would you give me a, a berkey update for a five dollar super chat um. Okay. Well, he's, uh, no, he hasn't done a super chat yet. He's, yeah. What the hell? Yeah. No, he's asking if you would do it. So. Um. I'll, I. No, because what I'll give you is not worth the five dollars. Um. He has had not been cleared. That may happen very soon. Um. So who are uh, we talking about here? Uh, it's one of the international uh, freshman basketball players for oh, UCLA. Oh, we're definitely not doing. That. Um. There was like some last minute NCAA junk with him. Okay. Um, that made it delayed in a way that like shouldn't have happened. Like it should have been. It's all stupid. Um. But it should get figured out here pretty soon. Jackson says, "Uh, I used to see Morris players eating at Carl's Jr. at Ackerman Union. LOL. Um." I think players can still do that kind of stuff, but if you do, yeah, you have a training table available. There's a lot of nutrition and stuff, but you know, players are still going to eat stuff uh, on their own. Okay, so um, there's also some stuff going on. Well, Road to Vegas, we're down to the last two weeks. Um, this was tweeted out. Uh, I saw it from Fetters, but uh, the Pac-12 put this out. So the, the Pac-12 matchups for the championship game could be set this week. The scenarios are Washington can clinch a spot if they win this week against Oregon State or Utah beats Arizona. So that's kind of interesting. Oregon gets a spot with a win over Arizona State and Washington uh, beats Oregon State and Utah beats Arizona. So then then Oregon would be in. Oregon and Washington would both be in. Um, Oregon State stays in contention with a win over Washington or if both Utah beats Arizona and Arizona State uh, beats Oregon, then they would still be in contention. They still have the the uh, Civil War. Or no, what's they, they play the uh, Territorial Cup, right? Um, Arizona uh, can be in contention. They have to beat Utah. 
and they can stay in contention. So it's pretty simple for them. And for the Utes, they have to beat Arizona and have both Washington beat Oregon State and Arizona State beat Oregon to stay in contention. So those are kind of the scenarios. What's going on? Seems like Oregon, Washington, but we'll, yeah, we'll see what it's, happens. It's Oregon, Oregon Washington. Um, uh, Alex, uh, who is uh, just as handsome, oh, uh, let me put that uh, up there. just as witty, uh, kind-hearted, um, truly like a salt of the earth type. Um, really, just uh, he'd give you the shirt off his back. Paragon um, of virtue. Paragon of virtue, obviously. Um, <laughs> that goes almost without saying. Uh, when you're talking about Alex Bergman, uh, this is, I mean, it's synonymous. Is like you look that up in the dictionary. It's his picture. Uh, he says for Dave's integrity. Nice. Um, so uh, truly a gentleman and a scholar. Thanks, Alex. Now this is something that David really, really, really really cares about um yes the pact of legal affairs oh okay i'm gonna get to my phone hang on yeah yeah um so oregon state washington state the pack two the two pack uh they got a win um so superior court judge uh gary libby he granted a preliminary injunction that left washington state oregon state as the sole voting members of the pack 12's governing board now following that up university of washington which is funny that Washington's playing Oregon State this weekend. Uh, on the pat on behalf of the the ten departing Pac-12 schools, filed a motion in Washington Superior Court to put the ruling that was in favor of Oregon State Washington State on hold, and extend the restraining order to allow the Supreme Court to schedule a complete review. So that was expected. Um, John Wilner and Ross Dellinger doing a great job uh, reporting on all of this stuff. What I thought was funny, and, and I think both of us were like, just give Oregon State Washington State what they want. What the the main, you know, one of the big arguments is, though, it's not just the future of the Pac-12, it's the revenue right now of what's going on. So up to like $400 million, in theory, Washington State and Oregon State could just say, we're going to take the entire distribution for us because you guys left us out in the cold and the money that you were counting on for your athletic departments, the $35 million or whatever it is for each of your schools screw you, we're going to take it. And, you know, and, and Dave would mention mention this, we're walking in, or just say, yeah, we're going to play in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, so that's kind of an interesting uh, development. Now, the judge, Judge Libby, did say that, you know, it has to be reasonable. It comes down to this is essentially like a divorce. So there's probably going to be a negotiation. Oregon State and Washington State are probably going to get more than their share, what they normally would get, for the 2023-2024 distributions, um, but it's not going to be like all of it. So it looks like this is going to be court, lawyers, billable hours, fighting over all this stuff. So it could be kind of interesting, but they're basically just fighting. They're going to negotiate um, what the money's going to be. But I didn't realize that it was going to potentially for this year that if they just say, we're the only board members, we're not going to pay you guys the money that you were owed. Uh, it doesn't sound like what the judge wanted was that. And if the judge is like, a Washington State grad who the courthouse is like 10 minutes away from Pullman or whatever. Uh, but I thought that was kind of interesting, David, that development. Do yeah. Care? Do you care? I hope they start with their opening position as we're going to take all of the money <laughs> and uh, negotiate down from there. Uh, Not kidding. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... What was that? I don't know. That was you, dude. I don't think that was me. It was uh, your friggin' Skype. That's the Skype noise. I don't have Skype open. Neither do I. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So that's 
whatever court battle. It's basically just going to be arguing over money. Um, the interesting aspect for the future of the Tupac, uh, Washington State, Oregon State, Ross Dellinger is reporting this morning that um, they are in talks with the Mountain West, and this is what we assumed was going to happen, a uh, scheduling alliance with the Mountain West. It sounds like, though, there's you know they're kind of down the road. We'll see if this comes to fruition. I don't know if you saw this yet, David, but mm-hmm. basically it would be like you play six teams. Um, I think they could play each other twice um, and some other conference games. And they already have some games scheduled, so those wouldn't be part of the six. They wouldn't be eligible to win the Mountain West Championship, but it's kind of this agreement to get them through the next couple of years. Um, the college football playoff already said that they're, you're not going to get an automatic bid if you're only a two-team league. So there's some, you know, stuff could happen there, but this also could assure the Mountain West that like, okay, we're going to do this alliance with you, but you can't just poach some of our members. So it ends up being like a merger and maybe they go under the the Pac-12 umbrella, you know, we'll see kind of what happens there. But it seems like this is the direction that they're going, that the the, the Pac-2 will be the Pac-2, but they'll have like this alliance with the Mountain West. I don't believe the alliance was including uh, other sports. So it would just be for football. And so Mountain, I mean, uh, Washington State and Oregon State have to like kind of work that out. They could have their own TV deal. I think playing each other twice is kind of cool. So they could play, you know, one in Pullman, one in Corvallis. Um, but yeah, that's, this seems like the softest landing available um, to, to have this like scheduling agreement with the Mountain West and then some sort of merger, I guess going forward. So any thoughts on that? I thought that was good. Good, good reporting from Ross Dellinger again. Yeah. Um, I think that's the logical way this was going to go, uh, barring a last minute offer from the big 12. So yeah, cool. Let's you, go for it. Do you like, is that what you wanted for Oregon State, Washington? No. State? What no, did you want? What I wanted for Oregon State and Washington State is to be part of a 12 team, uh, West coast based league, uh, with several, uh, major FBS contenders in it. Um, just spitballing here, but, UCLA, USC, uh, Cal Stanford, uh, Washington, Oregon, certainly their state uh, members, and uh, Utah, Colorado, maybe throw them in there, okay. Arizona, Arizona State. Like put, all in the same conference? Yeah, put them all together in the same conference, and then They're have pretty them, close by, though, geography-wise. Like, right, yeah. right. No, I think it could work. Okay. And you play them. Really? That close? Yeah, and you, you do some sort of, some sort of balanced schedule <laughs> where you play like nine of them <laughs> okay. every year. And then you only have to fill in three non-conference games. And there doesn't have to be anything weird like you're doing a home-and-home home like it's fucking basketball. Oh. Um, so just th- that's my thought. Uh, I was thinking that would be cool if they How did they, I don't know if it would work. It, it's just crazy enough to work. <laughs> it's just crazy enough. All right. Uh, well, that's kind of like all the little like uh, newsy stuff that I know. Oh, and they, um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. But it is funny that Washington sort of leading the charge to – for the legal action, because they're the in-state school and the court the court stuff is happening in the state of Washington, and Washington's playing at Oregon State. I don't know if that's going to add to the bad blood in that game or anything, but um, should be uh, should be interesting. Cool. Okay. Uh, all right. I think that was all the stuff we have. Let's go. We got to preview some games, David. Please let's it's, get uh, out of this news. Yeah. You, don't, you. Why don't you like news? Like, what is the thing where you not like news? I, I figure everyone else can read already. But it's like talking about it. People want to hear our opinions on these things. Do they? Yeah. Sound off in the chat. Yeah. Do you want to hear it? Like, do you want to hear it? Like, our opinions on legal battles uh, between Oregon State, Washington State, and the Pac-10. Yes. 
Um, Do you want to hear those things or do you not want to? Okay, so what we have this week, we have two rivalry games. We have a Friday game. We do not have a Pac-12 after dark game. No. Which is kind of funny. Um, This is all going to be Pac-12 morning and afternoon for me. Yeah. Because I'm going to be in Hawaii. You'll be in Hawaii. It'll be like early morning in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We do have two different ranked-on-ranked matchups, one of which is not on real real television, which is kind of interesting. Um, And we have three teams that are fighting desperately for bowl eligibility. Um, Now, like four win teams, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's you know that's what we got on the slate for the. Uh, <laughs> We've got so much on the slate. There's a lot for Week Twelve uh, in the Pac-12, and one rivalry game that's like really really heated. I, I guess both rivalry games are pretty like wah wah, right? Like we've got a hang on. I got to interrupt you. We've got a super chat oh. and a question in the super chat. Okay, should we put that Since up here? Rusty Shackleford, who's a gentleman, a scholar. He's about. If you had to do it on like a percentage scale, he is like 99.7% as handsome, witty, kind, generous, paragon of virtue as West West Texas Texas Mike. Mike. Okay. Uh, Just an absolute, but not quite as absolute uh, gentleman and scholar as West Texas Mike. He has an important question. Good morning, gentlemen. Who is the most influential person in history? I think there's two fair answers to this, but I'll wait to hear yours. The most influential per- influential person in history. Holy cow. Mm. I don't know. I, I would have to think about this for a while. All right. So to. I think you've got two options, and they are extremely Eurocentric. So I apologize in advance. Uh, I think you can go Gutenberg. Gutenberg Bible. Printing press. Whole thing. Yeah. Printed word. How about Edison? Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody else was going to figure that shit out. Uh, so someone wouldn't figure out the printing press? Maybe. Who knows? Uh, or, or you can go Jesus. Okay. Je- Jesus is a big deal. Jesus is a big deal. Yeah. Um, a lot of religion uh, comes from uh, from from that Jesus guy. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of murdering. A lot, <laughs> a lot of lot of things have gone uh, from from that fella. So uh, I think you can go one of those two. Yeah. All right. I think that's that's a good one. I was like just thinking of like oh like Abraham Lincoln or something like no we we gotta think like globally. Um, so Colt says Ryan and Dave's opinions better than everyone else's. Uh, Brent says only Dave's opinion. Wow. Uh, Kevin says love Ryan's news. And Eric says Dave's opinions on anything is why I watch. Wow. So you uh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess then we need to opine about uh, fucking legal battles. Um, Jackson right. says, Jack Grinch is by far the most influential person on the peristyle. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, if you're going to, uh, I guess I was I was going pre-2000, but if you're going since like literally this moment, I mean, Alex Grinch is top five all time, <laughs> most influential people. I think that what he has done for uh, uh, defensive football is going to have ramifications uh through the ages, really. Rusty says, uh, I was going to go Julius Caesar or maybe future UCLA coach Carl Durrell. Caesar, so I have a problem picking like any, Napoleon. I have or... a problem picking any individual Roman because that was more of a cultural thing um, where uh, 
somebody was going to do a lot of conquering and stuff, and somebody was going to become a dictator at some point. So all of that was, you know, going to happen. Um, like if you're going to pick influential, I'd probably go with one of the Greeks. Um, but even then, like I think the Greek democracy is also overblown as like a progenitor for a lot of this stuff because, frankly, if you look at um, what like German things and moots and all that kind of stuff were doing, that's actually much more like with what we do uh, democratically than Greek democracy. We just mm. like the sound of Greek, Greek democracy a little bit better. So I don't know. Um, there's also a bunch of Chinese guys uh, from way back in the day. Oh, like yeah. dude who invented gunpowder. That's got to be a big deal, right? Gunpowder's a big one. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot of influencers. Uh, probably the guy who said, hey, why don't we see what's over there and uh, let a bunch of people out of Africa? That was probably, you know, big deal, right? Yeah, a lot, I mean, the explorers, I don't know. There's like a lot of influential people in the world. Yeah. I mean, um, it's hard, the, to, hard to just pick two. Yeah, it's a tough one. All right, let's get to some of these games because Dave just keeps rambling on other stuff for whatever reason. Uh, I mean, one of the biggest games of the year, easily, we have this is our Friday night one, baby Colorado Buffalo. Going up to uh, pack two opponent. Washington State Cougars. Is it really hot for anyone? Like, is the noise really loud for anybody else, or is it just me? It's just in my my cans, as it were. Maybe it's your cans. It might be my cans. Um, okay. This game is taking place on Friday night at 7.30 p.m. on FS1. Colorado traveling to the Palouse uh, at Washington State. Washington State is a four-point home favorite over your Colorado Buffaloes. Mm. Uh, this is a tricky one for me because Washington State had shown signs of complete collapse. Yes. Uh, up until last week. And then last week, they still lost, but they didn't do it in the same way. They suddenly looked borderline competent yes. on offense again. Um, really, it was just a lot of like ridiculous turnovers. Otherwise, they really should have won that game on the road. But I guess the question is, are they four points? Is it worth four points for me to believe that? Like, is it worth four points in Pullman to believe that against Colorado? When Colorado... Um, all right, so here's what Colorado has done of late. Yeah. They have... Um, they lost to Arizona by three at home. They lost to Oregon State by seven at home. And they lost to UCLA by 12 on the road. They lost to, by three to Stanford at home. They're not getting smoked, is my point. And each of, well, each of the last three teams are better than Washington State. Uh, Stanford isn't, but that was also a kind of a really unlucky shit fest. Um, it's one too many points. I'm going to take Colorado. Okay. Um, interesting. This is a tough one for me because I feel like. Colorado keeps them close. And I think that's why I picked it. Was it last week was, yeah, you had Arizona. I took Colorado. I'm like 10 and a half. That's too many points. Now this is in the realm of where Colorado is probably going to live. We've seen Washington state just be absolutely dead, play at home and be absolutely dead. And then maybe go on the road and, and figure some stuff out. Um, I think this is, I mean, it's a really good line. It's really tough for me to kind of pick this one. I have, uh, I'm still above 500, which I'm happy about. You are crushing it. 
the good thing about how much you're crushing it, I don't need to chase you at this point. I'm just going to try to like win games. Like, right. I'm not like trying you're in to it for love of the game at this point. I, well, and I want to like do my, my bookie bets and, and make money. Um, so I'm not going to go against you just for the sake of going against you. If I feel it's different, I will, but uh-huh. I'm just trying to pick the games, right? This is one I feel like I could go against you. And I, I think you would probably could go potentially either way. Yeah. I have no feel for this one on this one. Cause it's like, is Washington state going to show the kind of signs of life that they had before, or are they not going to, I, I think maybe the courtroom drama, we're going to come back to that. Maybe get a little excited. That they can control that money. They could steal. They could say, hey, we're going to win this game or we're going to steal all your money, Colorado. Like, uh, you know, maybe a little of that. So give me the Cougs. Um, tough to cover four points here, but I'm going to I'm gonna go with uh, Washington State. Little notes. Um, so Washington State has uh, 73 catches this year. Uh, Lincoln Victor has 73 catches. He's on pace to become the first Coug with 80-plus uh, receptions since Aesop Winston had 85 back in 2019. Oh, we got a big super chat. Really important one. I will get it in a second. And Shador Sanders has 26 passing touchdowns in 2023. So he needs two more to tie your boy, Sefa Lufau, in 2014. Uh, he has the Colorado single-season program record with 28 touchdown passes. So a little information for you there. Very exciting. So we're going to go different. And... Uh, Super chat from Charles. It, this could be one of two Charles Kellys. It could be the defensive coordinator for the Colorado Buffaloes, mm. or it could be uh, the embattled head coach of the UCLA Bruins. But either way, Charles Kelly is twice as handsome, twice as friendly, twice as kind, uh, twice um, as wise, uh, twice as indomitable, um, uh, twice as triumphant. Uh, twice, truly just twice the man that West Texas Mike is, who we have already established is a paragon of virtue <laughs> and uh, a mountain of men. Uh, so, uh, Charles, we thank you, and uh, you are a generous soul. Um, thank you, Charles. I know uh, Scott said, holy shit, Chip Kelly just sent a super chat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, Kyle says, no one will be in Pullman Friday night. You think? I mean, it's the prime show. I feel like you're going to get a little juice for this game. Yeah, there'll be juice. I, I think there's going to be people. some juice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like there's going to be juice. Okay, next up, uh, this is one of our uh, ranked-on-ranked matchups. Being on the Pac-12 Network doesn't make much sense, but whatever. We've got uh, number 22. Utah Utes. And they're uh, at, going to the desert, which is always tough, uh, number 17, Arizona Wildcats. Yeah, this is an 11:30 a.m. game on the Pac-12 Network, which is absurd. Uh, it's the you know the 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 only other ranked unranked game besides the game we'll get to later. But anyway, uh, number 22 Utah at number 17 Arizona. Arizona is a one point home favorite at time of recording. Uh, Arizona winners of four straight. Uh, had a little bit of a slip-up last week against Colorado, only one by three, but they had a slip-up and won by three. That's that's what Arizona football is right now. Yes. They can win a road game by three while not playing very well. Uh, Utah, um, by, by hook and by crook, somehow covered last week against uh, Washington. Uh, they maybe probably shouldn't have 
but they did. They shouldn't have. Um, right. You know, Bill Connolly's numbers would have Utah as actually the winner of that game, so I'll just say that. Okay. They played okay. Um, but they also have a blowout uh, at home against Oregon in the last couple of games. Um, they did blow out Arizona State. They won at USC. I think Arizona's a little bit better than USC. Uh, they lost at Oregon State. So they've had uh, – here's how many road games they've had this year. At Baylor, at Oregon State, at USC, and at Washington. They've lost two of those. Uh, one was a two-point win over a reeling USC team, and the other one was a seven-point win at Baylor, and Baylor's turned out to be trash. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Arizona. Yeah. I, I think am- they win by three, but – it's more than one, so I'll take Arizona. Yeah, one point spread. I mean, it's like it's almost like no spread there. Uh, but I would say, yeah, Arizona's been great at covering uh, covering the spread. Um, they didn't last week against Colorado, uh, but that's you know whatever. I, I feel like they've been really good at this. I like the way they play at home. I feel like this is just going to be Arizona figures out a way. Uh, to win if not it's going to be like this methodical utah thing that's happening and arizona makes mistakes and utah doesn't and they're just sort of like this tank rolling forward and you just keep like can't get out of your own way but i i feel like arizona's gonna they're gonna play well enough to uh to get this one so i like them at home uh 11 a.m on pac-12 network that's pretty fun if noah fafita before you who can stand against you that's <laughs> fair Number 17, Arizona, has not allowed a single opponent to rush for 150 yards this season. And last year, 10 of 12 opponents ran for at least 150 yards. So that's a pretty big turnaround. Utah does like to run the ball. Um, so we'll see if they're able to. And Sione Vaki, uh, he was the first Ute since Eric Weddle in 2006 to have a receiving touchdown and record a sack in the same game. So that was pretty cool um, for Vaki uh, yep. to do that. Uh, we did have a, a – Kevin pointed this out. Let me put it back up again. I put it up for a second. Maybe we need to change this. The amount of free shout-outs West Texas uh, Mike is getting um, for being the first Super Chat and then being mentioned in everyone else's Super Chats is insane. I will say this about West Texas Mike. He is a multiple Super Chatter as well. He has it's been. not just one time. But if someone does a bigger donut, it's like, should we do it to like reframe Colt? the standard? So like, yeah, can Colt like his fifty dollar one? Can that? I be? mean, Colt, what do you what do you like being referred to better? Uh, one Colt Bush or ten West Texas Mikes? <laughs> we could let Colt decide. But if yeah, we could do Colt Bush. Like you are like one tenth as cool as Colt Bush. Like it just sounds worse when we're. So, but I don't know. What what, what is our. Uh, Unit of denomination or whatever. That's for a it. it's a great question. What's our standard? What's our base system? Yeah, uh, we'll have to kind of. Are we it. based around West Texas Mikes? Are we based around Colt Butches? I, I, the thing I would say if if we base it around, it's like establishing a currency, right? Yes. You don't want the base of your currency to be a hundred dollar bill, right? It could be. You that. want it to be a lower unit, otherwise you're going to have like, oh, it's just a percentage of this. Like it's like when uh when there was just the gold standard, right? And it's like, oh, no, it's just like bits of gold. You know, we don't want that. Yeah. We don't want it to have to actually be precious metals to figure this out and like little chunks of them that we weigh. We want to we want to establish a standard. Uh, it doesn't need to be backed by anything but the full faith and credit of the podcast of champions. Um, West Texas Mike, my point is West Texas Mike is the fiat currency <laughs> of the uh, podcast of champions. Yeah. When you go to like some foreign country and it's like. 
oh, the exchange rate is like 1,200. You're like, oh, great. Like, yeah, you know, we don't like, want that. Uh, and Colt has sounded off. He wants to be 10 West Texas mics. Okay. Yeah. You could be 10 West Texas mics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I guess that's just the standard now. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, we've got um, – wait, you didn't put the number next to these teams for their rankings. Where are they ranked? <laughs> oh, wait. not Okay. Uh, we have – UCLA Bruins. Weren't they ranked before? Mm. Uh, they're going to the road to take on USC Trojans. Yeah, it's going to be a shit fest. Uh, Twelve thirty p.m. on ABC. How how did this get ABC treatment and Utah at Arizona got the Pac-12 Network? This was a six-day window too. Like yeah. they waited, <laughs> they waited to do this. Uh, UCLA traveling to Coliseum. Uh, to take on USC. USC is a six-point home favorite. Um, I'm still in the process of writing my preview. Honestly, I don't know who I'm going to pick yet in that thing, but I have to make a pick on this stupid show. Yes. Uh, So here's the deal. Uh, USC has the potential to do the thing that has been debilitating for UCLA's defense this year, which is be good at both things. They can run the ball effectively. They can pass the ball effectively. Does Lincoln Riley run the ball enough? No, certainly not. But he can run the ball. Uh, it was sort of the same thing with Arizona. They didn't run the ball enough, but they suddenly did against UCLA because they recognized the need to be balanced. I'm not entirely sure Lincoln Riley even scouts opponent defenses. I think he just runs what he's going to run. Uh, but if he does, he will recognize, likely, their need to be balanced against this defense, especially to um, uh, offload that pass rush onto uh, run defense instead of... Uh, having Leatu Latu just tee off on Caleb Williams all game. The problem for USC is, unlike Arizona and unlike Oregon State, they don't have a good offensive line. Um, it's, what would you say, mediocre to bad? Uh, yeah. Pass protection especially is mediocre to bad. Yes. Run, run blocking can be okay. So really what it'll come down to on that side of the matchup is, can UCLA effectively get pressure with three and four and stop the run with five or six in the box. If they can, they will hold USC to what good defenses hold USC to. 20s, high 20s, low 30s. Um, Here's the problem. is As bad as USC's defense is, and boy howdy, is it shitty. Uh, They are now officially, in the SP+, which still carries preseason weights, they are officially worse than last year. In the SB Plus Pretty defensive bad. rating. And by a wide margin. Last year they were 87th. This year it's 106th. The, the underlying stats are even worse. They're 116th in success rate allowed. They allow a ton of explosive plays. They're dog shit. Absolute dog shit. But here's the thing. UCLA's offense is also poopy. Uh, SB Plus is not quite caught up with it because the run game has been okay. But Chip Kelly um, is... is um, Doing some mad scientist bullshit on the regular where it's throwing the ball way too much. This week, they might have Ethan Garbers back. It looked like it in practice. We anticipate he'll start. Um, He has a banged up foot. I'm not sure how mobile he's going to be, but he's going to start. I just don't know if they're going to score enough points to keep up. Um, And that's really what it comes down to. I think Chip Kelly, maybe with his back against the wall, maybe with his back not against the wall and just some more certainty about his future might be, you know, going into his big bag of tricks and trying to throw out a bunch of different stuff. I just don't I don't see this offensive line holding up well against a USC defensive line that still has, you know, still has Bear Alexander. Um, so long story short, I think I'm going to take USC to cover. All right. 
I'm going back and forth on this too. Um, I think I'm picking USC just because I was on UCLA last week when they absolutely just crapped the bed against Arizona State. When that when a team does that to me, they leave a bad taste in my mouth. I'm going to get emotional and pick against them. Now I've picked against USC for the last four or five weeks, and like I was right four of them, and then last week uh, they uh, actually end up covering. So. Uh, they covered against Oregon. It didn't look like they should have, but whatever, they did. Um, I, my guess, and it, maybe UCLA comes out and is fired up, uh, but firing your coach or about to fire your coach like that, I just, I think I'm going to take USC minus a six. It's, if it was a touchdown or more, I probably would take UCLA. But under a touchdown, I could see USC kind of winning by seven points, 10 points, something like that. Or they, you know, just, I mean, either of these teams could just not show up, you know? Either of these teams, uh, honestly, I could see literally any outcome for this game. Yeah. I could see uh, UCLA wins by 14. I could see USC wins by 28. I could see close game either way. It's it's hard to say. I, I just, I've been, and maybe I'm too close to it, but like watching UCLA's offense the last few weeks, it's been really, really tough sledding against some mediocre defenses. And maybe it'll be slightly better against USC. It's just nobody has really completely shut down this USC offense, except maybe Notre Dame, sort of, kind of. Yeah, they got a bunch of turnovers. So. But that was really it. Um, so I don't know. We have a super chat. Yeah. Put uh, it up there. $13.09. Uh, that's a that's a, a reference. Uh, to, oh, 13 to 9. Yeah. To a 2006 uh, football game. Yeah. Uh, from Eric, who is uh, exchange rates. Uh, Two two point six ish uh, times as handsome, uh, kind, smart, funny, witty, uh, gentlemanly, um, noble. Noble's the word. Um, truly, uh, uh, one of the finest minds of our generation. Um, you know, when people talk about this period of time, uh, they're going to say. You know, there were there were so many intelligent people. There was, you know, uh, uh, Stephen Hawking. There was, um, uh, I, I don't know, like even going back a few centuries, there was, you know, Albert Einstein. There was uh, just the past century, uh, rocket scientist Robert Goddard. And then it's Eric Figueroa. Right there. Right there. Right there. Um, so uh, gotta 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 respect him. He says, "Will Chip be fired on the Coliseum grass or in the parking lot?" Um, more likely on the grass, right? That feels like it's a. I, now, obviously, is it going to be like, "Hey, you're fired"? No, but like, all right, Chip, we're all done. Um, but probably neither. Probably it's later. Yeah, I would think. But maybe later. it's in like the box. You know, I don't know. Maybe it, I, mean, I don't really know the dynamics of how it happens, except for like really uh, fun situations like USC, like the tarmac. I think most of the time it's it's it can be done right after the game and done in like a you know a little room or something. Uh, but I think often it's just the next morning. Yeah. So um, you know the the one point spread Utah at Arizona that's on Pac twelve Network. This one. It's on Big Fox. We got Oregon Ducks. Uh, and they're on the road. Another desert game. Taking on Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> Did you turn the volume down? I turned it down a little bit. Look at you. 
Yeah. Uh, 12, Hopefully that sounds better. Uh, yes, yeah, it's 1 p.m. on Big Fox. Number six, Oregon traveling to Tempe to take on Arizona State. Arizona State's a 23-and-a-half-point dog. No question about it. Give me those Sun Devils. Yeah. Uh, so first, Kenny Dillingham, a wizard. Uh, he ran a fucking swinging gate for like 15 to 20 plays against UCLA. Um, will he be able to do it again? Probably not. Are they going to open up in a swinging gate at some point and then do something ridiculous out of it? Yes, you betcha. You betcha. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna do some crazy stuff to bother Oregon. Um, I think he's going to go even deeper into his bag for this one. Um, and it's Oregon in the desert. Uh, those Pacific Northwest schools do not like traveling to the desert. No. They just don't. Uh, and no rain. Arizona State's been been really smoked once since Dillingham took over uh, play calling. Um, he's he's really brought it. And that game, I think, was really inhibited by how hurt Trenton Borgay was almost immediately. And they didn't have a counter for it. I think they've now built in their counters for it. We're going to go full Wildcat and we're even going to throw out of the Wildcat and you won't know what's coming. Um, so I don't think the potential for them just getting completely um, pantsed by a team uh, continues. Um, so I think they lose. But I think it'll be competitive for a while, and they end up losing by two or three touchdowns, but not 24. Yeah, that's too many points. Um, we've just seen them be competitive. Like, I think Oregon's going to win. Oregon didn't show a lot of interest in sort of like beating the spread last week. Maybe they want to do it against their former offense court. I mean, I don't know. But it, it feels like Oregon was content of just sort of like taking care of business. And they weren't trying to put on a show. And that was against USC at home. Um, I don't think they can name the score. I think Oregon, I mean, Arizona State's going to be feisty and do some things. So 14-point win, 17-point win, something like that. But I think 24 is just too much. Now, could it, we've seen Arizona State just sort of like fall on their face sometimes too. But, you know, they got a big win last week. Do they drop off? Uh, I don't know. But I feel like this is just too many points. I will take, um, I will take uh, the Sun Devils as well. And I forgot to mention... For the last game, and I know we got a super chat, David, but uh, UCLA, the Bruins have held seven of their 10 opponents under 300 yards, total yards, um, and they haven't allowed an opponent to get more than 430 yards this season. You know, USC's been able to do that a bunch, so we'll see what that gives. And then for USC, Caleb Williams is on pace to be the first Pac-12 quarterback to lead the conference in passing TDs and rushing TDs uh, in the same season. For Oregon, Troy Franklin is the Pac-12 player uh, on record and fourth FBS, FBS player on record. He's the first one uh, with at least 145 yards in a game on just two catches. Uh, and then Scadabo, Cam Scadabo for Arizona State, is the second non-quarterback Sun Devil in the last three seasons to have a rush touchdown, receiving touchdown, and passing touchdown in the same season. Mm -hmm. uh, Ricky Pershall did that in 2021. Another factor here also is uh, Dan Lanning is buds with Kenny Dillingham. Yeah. I don't think he's going to lay a pasting on him. I wouldn't think so. Like, so it's two factors. One, I think ASU will be weirdly competitive. And two, they're buds. Yeah. You're not going to see a 28-point blasting. We got a super chat. All right. So Chris Gondek, who is exactly uh, three times as handsome, three times as funny, three times as kind, witty, uh, three times as virtuous, uh, three times as... Um, Splendid, three times as stupendous, three times as terrific, uh, terrible too. Uh, but in that kind of uh, tremendous, um, uh, you know, 
like an emperor like you know mm. oz the great and terrible like he's just got such power um and nobility he says love the show dave has the straightest teeth of any socialist i've ever seen or is oh. it the camera angle go ducks uh i'm assuming this must be facetious uh <laughs> as my bottom teeth are among the most crooked things in the entire world really yes my mother did not believe in braces uh and oh. i think most importantly did not believe in paying for them i was gonna uh, say and yeah. then since then i've just uh, kind of been like no it's cool. We're good. To not believe in braces. I think like, didn't believe in the expenditure. Yes. Yeah. Because like they actually are a thing. Yeah, they're actually a thing. And there's like, you can see how they work. Yes. Where they There's like a pr- proven track record. Yes. And then they, they straighten. What about like Invisalign stuff? Like you can do like I'm the. not doing that. No? No. Why not? The fuck do I care? I don't know. Because you want Chris to give us more super chats. Chris has given us super chats no matter what I do. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you wouldn't have if you had like got the braces. Maybe that saved us money, saved you money then, and made you money now. Well, yeah, maybe we start a uh, Invisalign fund here. Maybe that's what the super chats are for. That could be. Yeah, hell yeah, buddy. Um, thank you for the uh, super chats there. Uh, I think I've been going through, and I didn't realize you can do this, but you can like the super chats. So maybe if you guys want to like, but please like the. I think we have ninety people watching. Um, please like the uh, show on YouTube if you're one of our. Uh, live uh, viewers, so we do appreciate that. Um, okay, so we got two more games to get to. Oh, it's, it's going to be a shit. Well, I guess we can, yeah, we'll talk about this in the future. Uh, it's called Big Game. Um, big Game, David. You- big Game. The Big Game. <laughs> That's okay. I was waiting for your bit. I was, like, I was busy. I was reading something. Else. Okay. Uh, you, they call uh, it Big Game. What people love about this show is the way I focus on the things you're saying. Yes. That's what they love. Uh, the big game. Yeah. Have you done your bit yet? Uh, no, I haven't done mine. Yeah. Uh, it's big game. That's the big what they game. like to say. Yeah, yes, correct. Definitely uh, <laughs> we got a couple of teams that are struggling, I guess you could say. We got California Golden Bears. And uh, they're going to the road to take on Stanford Cardinal. 3.30 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. The big game. Cal traveling just big game. Uh south in the bay? South. Yeah. South and westish. Southwestish. Uh to Stanford. Uh Stanford is a six and a half point home dog. That's a lot of points. It is. Uh Stanford's big time asshole. Um they've been uh Let's 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 pull up their recent history. Um, they're currently rated at the 108th team in the SP Plus. Uh, okay. They lost by 45 points last week at Oregon State. They beat Washington State by three. Uh, they lost by nine to Washington at home. They lost by 35 to UCLA at home. Those are the last four games. Uh, Cal is uh, also pretty shitty, but they are not at the level of shittiness of Stanford. Uh, yeah. They beat Washington State last week. Probably should have lost, but they beat them. They lost by 44 at Oregon. So they've got their own uh, trip to, uh, what do they call that? Is that the uh, the Golden State, Oregon? Uh, yes. The Golden State. Or the Emerald State, maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, Desert Oasis State, maybe? The uh, Didn't it used to be a territory of some sort? Yeah, the uh, territories. Yeah. Um, they named it after that video game, right? Like, uh, <laughs> is that the one? <laughs> uh, Cal, uh, they should have beaten USC. They didn't. Uh, they definitely shouldn't have beaten Oregon. Uh, 
Um, I'll tell you this. It's just too many goddamn points for this stupid game. So give me Stanford. Yeah. Because I, I think both these teams are bad. I, I feel like you could flip a coin and, like, how will Stanford play? Heads or tails? Yeah, heads good, tails bad. How will Cal play? Heads good, tails You could do it for offense, for defense, for whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know. Like, I, whenever I've, like, put faith in, like, Cal's offense to, like, oh, yeah, they looked really good, and then they stink the next week. Um, or Stanford, who the hell knows, like, they just sort of pull something out of their butt and they get a win against Washington State. They get a win against um, Colorado. Or they just look like complete ass and don't show up. So I think there's the who could be complete ass. Like probably Stanford's a greater chance of being complete ass than Cal in this one. And they're at home. But six and a half is still six and a half. Like that's a lot of points when... I don't think we would be shocked if either of these teams won. So I think just not, I mean, really have no idea how this is going to turn out, but I'll just take the points in that situation and kind of go from there. Beautiful. Um, we have a new super chat. I am putting it up here for this is um, this one an, looks an international super. Is that chat. why it's international? Yeah. So this is, this is our first international one, a 20 Canadian dollars donation. Uh-huh. Um, now in a future where Canada's economy has, uh, broken through and broken past us and it becomes uh that uh the canadian culture is uh paramount across the world as will happen because ben castles is currently but in the future more but currently uh 1.6 times as handsome kind generous loving adorable uh elegant i think i'd describe him as elegant uh, but truly a gracious um Remarkable and honorable fellow. Um, he will lead Canada to greatness um, and to dominance worldwide. Uh, people will uh, speak Canadian English. Um, mm. They will they will a. say a boot. They a. will they will say a. Um, they will have weird. Uh, the further west you go, uh, the the further east you go, there will be uh, more and more French colloquialisms in in language, and and those will be transferred across the world as well. Uh, Canadian dominance will reign supreme, uh, and in that world, he will be four times as kind, handsome, paragon of virtue, witty, so on and so forth. As West as Texas, West Texas, Texas right now, he's a, a little less. He's than one three point times. one point. No, he's eight dollars. Right? No, that I just that's not correct. He said eight. That's what he said. I put it in Google, and it's it's like actually fourteen fifty. What the fuck? Yeah. So it's like it's one point. Well, so all right. So that's 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 a mistake on our part, Ben, not yours. <laughs> uh, you are. If he intended to give us eight dollars, he actually gave us like fourteen fifty. Well, you truly are a golden god. Unless the the, the YouTube exchange rate. So is a really little less terrible. than three x is virtuous as uh, as, t- West as Texas, West Texas Mike. Mike. Yeah. But in the future, again, four times. Uh, we just need to hold those Canadian dollars. We need to not exchange them. We yes. need to hold them as they are. And in future, they will be more valuable because of the contributions of Ben to his society, to his great society. He is great. Um, real quick, Cal, they're trying to win three straight games, three straight games over Stanford for the first time since 2002 to 2006. They went five straight uh, in that stretch. And... Uh, for Stanford, Alec Aomanor needs 88 receiving yards to become Stanford's first 
1,000-yard receiver since J.J. Arcega-Whiteside in 2018. Uh, so, yeah. Beautiful. He, he came on late, remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had like a 300-yard game or some shit like that, whatever it was. Yeah. All right. This is the featured matchup. Mm. The latest game. Mm. For the oh, Pac-12. I thought you were still talking about Cal at Stanford. No. That's not the featured matchup? That is not. Okay. Cool, big, cool. big game. Got it's it. not. Uh, it's it's big game, but it's not the featured matchup. The big game. Uh, I think they don't use the, uh, the article there. Okay. Uh, we have number five. Washington Huskies. <laughs> on the road, taking on number 11. Oregon State Beavers. Yeah, so this game is taking place at 4.30 p.m. on ABC. Number five, Washington traveling to number 11, Oregon State. Oregon State is a two-and-a-half-point home Ooh. favorite over your Washington Huskies. Now, Washington has fallen on some, some hard times of late, and by that I mean they're winning games by a little bit less. That's the hard times they have fallen on. Yes. They are an undefeated football team. They are 10 and 0. They have zero losses. That's what undefeated means. They have zero of those. Okay. Uh, have they beaten teams that are better than Oregon State? Yes. Yes, they beat Oregon uh, by 3. I know Oregon fans uh, consider that. Uh, I, I don't even know if it's a moral victory or they consider it an actual victory at yes. this point. It's no. it's some They've kinda, looked better since. There is so some crazy better, things obviously. going on in the in the uh, in the Oregon fan brain right now, but in actuality, Washington won that football game against Are you sure cuz yes. I've <laughs> yes. I'm not sure that's the case. And then they went on the road and they played USC. USC is bad, we all agree. However, they're not actually bad. They're just bad in the construct of our mental uh thinking about USC, but they're fine. They're, they're, they've got a really good offense, and they've got a bad defense. Lots of teams have those, and they generally win eight games. Uh, they're fine. They're a pretty good team. They went on the road and beat them by 10. Uh, then they played Utah at home. Uh, they're also fine. They're a good team. Uh, are they running a pig farmer out there at quarterback? You betcha. But did Washington win that game uh, against a very good defense? They did by seven. Um, they went on the road to Arizona back before we knew Arizona was good, but now we know Arizona's good, and they won by seven on the road. Um Kalen DeBoer just wins games. I don't know if you know this about him. He does. But he's lost 11 total games in his entire coaching career. Mm. I mean, he's won like 100 now. Uh, Oregon State. 100 games, exactly. Yeah. Oregon State. Yeah, I know my Kalen DeBoer. I know my stats. It's not like I follow him obsessively because he was hired at the same time that UCLA should have fired Chip Kelly right after 2021. No, I don't follow him obsessively at all. Oregon State. What what, what could have. Okay, so say UCLA did fire him. Mm Mm-hmm. Would he have rather gone to Washington or UCLA? I don't know. I th- maybe UCLA. Mm-hmm. Then you could have had UC- you could I, have had Kalen DeBoer. I don't like to contemplate that. Okay. All right. But here's the other thing. Yeah. Oregon State. Um, they've had some really good games against some bad teams, right? They blew yes. out San Jose State. They blew out UC Davis. They blew out Stanford. Uh, they blew out uh, San Diego State. Did I say that one already? Um, so that's nice. Uh, they struggled against Cal, struggled against Washington State and lost, struggled at Arizona, uh, kind of had a little bit of a struggle fest at Colorado. Um, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I could talk myself into circles about this, but it's, I guess the problem is one of these teams is favored and, uh, you give me literally any points and I'm going to take them. So give me Washington. Yeah. I'm same thing. It's like, I feel like Washington can figure out a way to win this game. 
Um, and I get it. Oregon State plays really good at home. Um, I don't know if you've seen this with Washington's defense, David, but uh, they don't stop the run very well. And Oregon State obviously can run the ball, maybe the best offensive line in the conference. But I just feel like this is a Washington team that's going to figure things out um, and and get things going. I mean, I, you know, DJU hasn't turned the ball over in like a month or something. Like, I like the way Oregon State is playing, and they deserve to be here. And there's a court battle going on, and University of Washington is on one side of it, and Oregon State's on the other side of it. Prominently played. But I think if you're the conference, who do you, do you want Washington to win? I'm not saying conspiracy stuff, but like, could a call maybe go Washington's way? Could like, it could be close here. I, I feel it's going to be a close game, but I feel like Washington's going to figure out a way to win. Plus, you're getting two and a half points. So I'm going to take the Huskies here. But do you, any, do you have any thoughts that there could be like conspiracy theories? Still? No, I don't do that shit. Okay. No, I think I think Washington, uh, they've got a really good coach. And I don't think Oregon State's like I, I think this is gonna be a really competitive and fun game. Um but you've got two de- you've got two defenses that are each mediocre to bad. Um Washington is worse at preventing efficiency, like you can drive on them, but they're great at expl- uh, uh, preventing explosive plays. Uh Oregon State, on the other hand, is, you know, pretty good at preventing explosive plays but not at the level that washington is but they're better at preventing efficiency but i think they're two defenses that struggle in some ways and they're two very good offenses um so it's just it's it's you could kind of pick either way but either side getting points okay it should be an even game yeah for oregon state i don't think this will happen this week but three times this season they've scored 50 plus which is the most they've done since 1925 when they did 50-plus that that year. So it was UC Davis, Cal, they put up 52, and then last week they put up 62 on Stanford. Uh, and Washington, uh, they're 7-0 and versus AP-ranked opponents under Kalen DeBoer. Could UCLA use something like that? Would that be would that have been helpful, David? Yeah, uh, yeah. Currently the longest uh, win streak for Washington versus AP-ranked opponents since they won 10 straight back in the – you know, the day, 1990 to 1992, when Washington was dominating. Um, all right. Well, that's all uh, That's all we got for the game preview. So why don't we do this? Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and get to some questions. If you have questions in the chat, we'll jump in there. But we have a bunch of emails to get to. So back in a minute, everyone. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hip-hop takes the stand in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with 
they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary as we speak, Rap Music on Trial, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. New CBS Monday. Federal agents! Here's where we can see them. NCIS Hawaii is back. About to set it up! New criminals to catch. Armed robbery, aggravated assault, murder. And new investigations to be solved. These guys were good, but even masters make mistakes. Vanessa Lachey and featuring LL Cool J. Violin Island, you got it. Welcome to paradise. A new NCIS Hawaii, Monday, 10, 9 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Do you have Skype open on your iPad? I don't think so. Because I think that's where the noise is coming from. Really? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I can take a look at that, but I've heard some noises. Is that computer on or no? I don't know. No. Okay. Are you want to see how, how we're doing things here? You can, we're in the studio. See, all, this is the donuts Dave brought. Oh, wait, no, he didn't bring me any no. donuts. That's, uh, that doesn't happen. That didn't happen. Um, we gotta get some questions to get to David. We do have to get to some questions. Where are we? Uh, I think we're oh, at, Jesus. we're at bet. So Richard uh, says there needs to be a bet between Ryan and Dave for this week, this weak ass crosstown game on Saturday. The bet should be Dave should have to shave his face or Ryan doesn't have to shave. Go against the spread for the game. Well, we both picked the same side, so I don't think we can do a bet. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, We got a super chat. Oh. Alan in St. Louis, uh, who is exactly. I was going to say he's super, super Mikey. Yeah. Exactly as handsome, exactly as funny, exactly as virtuous, exactly as noble, exactly as kind, uh, wise, um, beyond his years. Uh, Truly um, one of the finest uh, gentlemen I've ever had the chance to engage with in a super chat. Uh, He says, here's my contribution to Ryan's permanent vacation fund. Sorry I couldn't leave another immature voicemail this week. Work and family are so cringe. Mm. Mm. Thank you for that, Alan. Uh, We do like your voicemails and stuff, too. Um, okay. Oh, so you're next up, I think. I am next. This is from Joshua. Mm-hmm. USC Oregon stat. Hey, Ryan and Dave, this is Josh from Denver. I was listening to the latest podcast of champions on a fine Tuesday morning when Ryan made me spit out my coffee. <laughs> Ryan read this stat from the USC Oregon game. Bo Nix's first two passes went for 75 yard plus touchdowns. He was averaging 80 and a half yards per completion. He's the second FBS quarterback on record to have each of his first two pass attempts go for completions of at least 75 yards. The other was Baylor's Jacob Zeno back in 2019. As soon as Ryan said the name Jacob Zeno, it occurred to me that the only two times on record this happened in an FBS game were against teams coached by Lincoln Riley. Zeno accomplished the feat in the Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma when he came in late in the game because Baylor's starter got injured. I'm sure this bodes well for the future of USC. As for Dave, I didn't know that. That's yeah, interesting. I didn't yeah. know that either. As for Dave, I've been seeing your Twitter lately. It seems like you are giving off the vibe that you think Chip Kelly should be fired. That's weird. I could be mistaken, though. All the stats of other fired coaches surely means you think that those other coaches should be given more time since UCLA has afforded Chip the opportunity to get their program on the right track. Love the show. Interesting you should say that, Joshua. Somebody asked me to rank uh, the following possibilities for uh, UCLA's next head coach, and they gave me. Um, it's a great list, by the way. Rick Neuheisel, Clay Helton, Justin Wilcox, and Carl Durrell. And uh, forced to do so, I first bludgeoned <laughs> myself in the head several times uh, with a two-by-four. 
And then I did it. And uh, the more I thought about it, the more the reality is, if you gave me those four options, I would have to pick Slick Rick Neuheisel. Yes. No question about it. Because, look, he teed it up last time for Jim Mora. Like, say what you will about Slick Rick. He could sell water. Uh, uh, no, he, he could. Why do they say he could sell water in a desert? Because, yeah, anybody could sell water They're in a desert. They're supposed to sell, like. Ice cubes to Eskimos. Ice cubes to Eskimos. But why do people say sell water in a desert? That's easy, right? Yeah. No, that, Is that supposed to be an I ironic think that's phrase? A thing. Yeah. Ice cubes to Eskimos. Okay. Uh, he could do that. Uh, and uh, and that would tee it up for the next coach. But he certainly wouldn't win games, Rick Neuheisel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is this one me? Okay. Yes. Pac-12 Survivor Pool and questions. Hi, Ryan and Dave. Your super chat friend, Colt Bush here, uh, you for sure should have just let me win the survival pool due to my $50 donation on last week's show. What is the point of bribery if it isn't going to work? My pick this week is Cal winning and the total points being 55. So he did make his only pick. Um, Why did you announce it? I don't know. Oh, I shouldn't have announced it, huh? Yes. I was reading it. Uh, well, he's had two questions for the show. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, what did we say? It's already said. It's out of the box. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize he made a pick. I thought he was just saying we shouldn't pick. Mm-hmm. Well, you saw this. You could have said something. Like, hey, don't read that. Uh, first, where do you I go don't to- pre-read. First, where do you go to lunch? I didn't pre-read either. Obviously, I just read what's in front of me. It's like the telepr. It's like you know, uh, anchorman. Just like I'm. What was it? I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. Yeah. Uh, so funny. Okay. First, where'd you go to lunch with the fifty bucks? Uh, we did not go to lunch yet. We don't yeah, get yeah. the money. Plus, YouTube takes like 33% of it or something. Uh, second, what is the point of being a Bruin fan? We will just hire the wrong coach again and be a middling Big Ten team. Where is the hope? Keep up the great work on my favorite podcast, your friend, Colt Bush. All right, Colt. I've got actually a, a kind of a, a broad theory about this, which is uh, for five programs in the country, uh, you have hope of winning a national championship. For the rest of us, um, this is the moment. Like, this is the moment you are uh, uh, waiting for. It's the moment where you can experience hope. Uh, because in season, yeah, you lose a few games and you, you're not in the conversation for anything major. But right now, you're on the precipice of dreams. You can you can think all sorts of magical thoughts about what could end up happening. Oh, they could get this guy and this could happen and all those sorts of things. This is... Uh, you know, 125 FBS programs, this is their moment to be, oh, wow, that could actually happen. That'd be so cool. And uh, so cherish this. This is this is fleeting. Uh, and, you know, this is the one thing you're promised as a UCLA fan is that every four to six years, you get to experience a coaching search. It's mm. a beautiful moment. Nice. Well, thanks, Colt. He's, he thanked me for telling everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah he should. Well, he's just going to win anyway. We haven't heard from everybody else yet. So, <laughs> Alan in St. Louis said, stand back, folks. These guys are pros. Yeah. Uh, this is from Garrett. Who changes more in the Big Ten? Hey, Ryan and Dave. I think we all would agree that the average defense in the Big Ten is much better than the average defense in the Pac-12 and vice versa for the offenses. How do you see this playing out when the merge happens? Do the, Pac-12, do the Pac-12 teams make the incumbent Big Ten teams change to deploy better offenses? Which way do you think the pendulum swings most? I would imagine a high-flying offense would force a team like Iowa to score more fight on. Uh, Garrett, I have a different theory of the case, which is okay. that the average defense in the Big Ten looks a lot better. 
because the average offense in the Big Ten is a pile of horse shit um, <laughs> and vice versa for the Pac-12. Offense is dominant in college football, probably in pro football, too. Um, offense beats defense. I think the Pac-12 is probably going to overperform, especially initially, and it's going to be incumbent on the traditional Big Ten schools to adjust um, because, uh, yeah, a lot of them are running offenses from, like, 1987, and a lot of them have defenses of big, strong, tough guy who can fight an offense that's from 1987, but an offense that actually spreads you out and uh, moves the ball around uh, and you know, has something more innovative than I formation pound middle ha <laughs> um, is going to cause Iowa and other defenses a lot more trouble than you'd think. Yeah. And I would say all that is true. It's going to see, you're going to see a surge on the offensive side. One of the big reasons being they're getting rid of the divisions in the big 10. It's sort of like created this environment where Iowa can suck on offense and still win their division and make the Big Ten championship game. That's going to go away. Like, you can't do that anymore. Like, they're not avoiding Michigan or Ohio State and Penn State every year like they were. Now, you're going to play those teams. It was sort of set up where you could be in that weaker division and just kind of, who's good? Like, Wisconsin or Nebraska? Like, it just, that was sort of like what dominated that that side. And that's not going to be the case anymore. So, I think it's you're going to see more offenses uh you know, you're gonna have to like put more resources in the offenses. Yep. Uh, Alfred says, uh, "Good evening, Bert and Ernie." And it, the subject is, could the Pac-12 get left out of the college football playoff? What does the college football playoff committee do in this situation? Uh, you love these, I know. Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, featuring a 12 and one with a loss to Texas. So assume that would be an automatic berth if you're the SEC champion. The Big Ten doesn't really matter. It's going to be Michigan or Ohio State, 13-0 or 12-1. He says, I assume automatic berth. Florida State wins the ACC undefeated, 13-0, assume an automatic berth. Texas wins out, Big 12 champ, 12-1 with a very close loss to Oklahoma. And then Oregon beats Washington in the Pac-12 championship game, finished 12-1. Who are the four college football playoff teams, and why would Texas be left out in favor of Oregon, especially if Texas got redemption over Oklahoma in the championship game. That's from Alfred. He says, P.S. Dion really lost my respect by having the war criminal Pat Fuckface Shermer call plays. Did Dion not watch him in New York or with the Broncos? <laughs> Did F- he F- call F- Pat Shermer a war criminal? <laughs> uh, you're he not wrong, Alfred. You're not wrong. He doesn't like that. Um. <laughs> he doesn't like Pat Shermer. <laughs> war criminal. Um <laughs> I don't think we have to fact check that. Uh, I would say it would be Oregon over Texas. Um, Oregon really. Will, Oregon will have beaten then uh, the CFP. What what's Oregon State right now? Ten. They're eleven. Yeah. So in the last like two weeks of the season, they will have beaten Oregon State, uh, the number eleven team in the CFP, and then Washington, which is currently but number. Oregon five. State will drop because if if they lose to Washington in that scenario, right? Yeah. But, they they no, would have lost in, twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. But they would probably still be hovering in the CFP. I don't know. Uh, but Oregon yeah, would have would a, still be ranked. Oregon would have had to have done, done something much more impressive in the Pac-12 championship game than Texas will have done in a in the uh, Big 12 championship game. More than likely. And there's some weird Big 12 stuff that could happen, too, because they – I don't know if they changed the rule, but I guess there was like a typo and there was a comma and there was going to be some weird scenario where – 
So it's kind of screwing Oklahoma, and it could allow Oklahoma State to get in. So there, there's some weird stuff kind of going on there. But Yeah, and I just can't see. If Oregon wins out, Texas is currently behind them. What's left on Texas's schedule that would actually be more impressive than what Oregon would be doing closing out the season? Yeah. Here, let, let's just look. Uh, Texas football schedule the rest of the season is they got to go at Iowa State and then Texas Tech yeah. at home. And then it's whatever is in the Big 12 championship game, right? Yeah. None of that's as impressive as Oregon beating Washington or Oregon beating Oregon State. So I think Oregon would be in. Whoever wins the Pac-12 with one loss is getting in, I think. All right. We'll see. Hopefully that's the way it happens. Mm. Uh, but we'll see. Mm. Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got Chad. Yes. The bad man is gone. Hey, y'all. First time listener, long time emailer. You may have remembered me as the UCLA fan that asked you, too, if Palcat dying earlier in the year would propel UCLA basketball in a deep March run. Well, it may not have been all that deep to some, but it sure would have been deep enough to make an Arizona fan happy. (laughs) Uh, Sex jokes aside, with UCLA practically confirming Chip Kelly will be gone after the game versus the douchebags, I I assume he's got USC in the middle there. I don't know. I just put some words together. Do USC he bags? Yes, that's that's what he meant. Um, does UCLA have a dead cat chip bounce for Saturday? would love to know the prognostication on this very real factor for this very real showcase of mediocrity. We've made our picks. I don't think um, it's out of the question that UCLA could yeah. put together a great game plan. Chip Kelly is just like uh, going back in his bag. He runs some freaking blur out there and they uh, and they beat him pretty bad. But um, I think playing the odds, UCLA's looked kind of dead. And USC, I mean... The thing with USC is like they're not they're not good. Like they're not like they're not what they should have been this year. Yeah. But they're still like aside from Notre Dame, very competitive in every game and their offense is pretty much what it was billed to be. Um so it's just hard to imagine UCLA contending with that very well. Yeah, we'll see. Um I mean, I, like we said there could a lot of different scenarios could happen in that game. Uh but it's it's hard to picture UCLA sort of like Back against the wall, it just seems sort of like uh, like last week. Chip Kelly didn't even put a game plan in for Arizona State. No. It seemed like you know, no. Uh, but maybe this week they do. Like that's that's kind of the way the Pac-12 has been. Like week to week, it's a whole different team uh, across the board. Judge yep. Gary uh, Leiby for president. Um, big win for the Pac-2 in Whitman County on Tuesday. Thinking about how this whole shit show started with a failed media deal. There is no media deal. Do you think that? Klyashnikov can finally land one. If not, how does this play out next season for Oregon State and Washington State? Would Fox or ESPN pick up any of the games? Pack two network only. Radio, smoke signals. Anyway, Phil, died. Phil Knight doesn't wipe. Go Beavs. I have no freaking idea. Heck. That's a better question for John Wilner. I think they had talked about this where you could, they could, you know, negotiate with some of the. Um, George Klyashnikov's not going to be involved in any of this. So he's not, they're not going to him for anything. So he's he's the, the commissioner by name only. And like I mentioned, like at the b- basketball opener in Vegas, he was there. But, you know, neither of the teams that he's going to be governing or should be governing going forward are um, were in that tournament. So he's he's a dead man walking like they're not going to involve him in anything. Uh, my understanding. Right. All right. We've got saying goodbye. John. Yeah. John uh-huh. Brea saying goodbye. Dear Ryan and Dave, I can't believe it's almost over. It feels like the final few weeks of senior year. 
The podcast of champions will soon come to an end. Sure, we can get together in the future, maybe meet up at the Red Onion when we are home on break, or hang out at Ryan's studio sometime, but it won't be the same as the last several years. I'm really going to miss you guys, and I'm wondering if you will sign my yearbook. <laughs> Let me sign yours. Ryan and Dave, it's been a blast getting to know you. Remember the time we made fun of Larry Scott? What a dick. <laughs> and the Pac-12 refs, I'm definitely not going to miss them. How about the time Ryan couldn't remember going to the Rose Bowl? And of course, Dave becoming a legend by bringing the Disney princesses to the party. It's been so much fun, and I can't believe it went by this fast. Soon I'll be heading off to the Big 12 with my Arizona, my Arizona Wildcats. But let's stay in touch. I'm sure I'll see you around the next few weeks. If I don't see you for some reason, have a bitch in summer. Stay real. Friends forever. John and Bray. P.S. Time to queue up Forever Young by Alphaville and drive to the beach with my windows down. Nice. What awesome. That was beautiful. That was really good, John. <laughs> Sign your yearbook. Um, well, did you ever do the, like, I'm writing in your crack, does it tickle? I did not do that, no. You did that? Sound off in the chat if you did that one. Sound off. The, you may, here, let me pull up a couple. Uh, I think we only have one. Hold on. I'll do it, Addison um, in the chat. Let me pull this one up here since you mentioned the chat. Uh, question. Can I get a level of hilarity rating if Washington State and Oregon State vote to make themselves the only teams eligible for a Pac-12 championship? More seriously, what is the likelihood of this happening? Dave would love to see it happen. That would be awesome. Uh, I don't think it's very likely. Just from what the judge said, that it does have to be reasonable. I think I think what Dave may be joking about was like, all right, we're going to take Basically, we're going to take a bigger portion of the revenue for this year because we're the only two board members. And it's would it be fair to the other pack 10, you know, the other 10? No. But they can put that out there. Like we are, it's basically like you're getting, you know, repercussions or whatever. You're um, you're getting compensated for uh, like war crimes, basically. Like you left us in peril. We're going to take extra revenue from that. And then- when it's described with the lawyers and everything as a divorce case, that just means it doesn't matter like what you ask for. Like it said, okay, the law says you should get half. Well, one side asked for 75%. What does that mean? You just have to fight over it with lawyers. So you're spending money to get this done. So this will get to some. So I feel like Oregon State, Washington State can ask for more than what you should probably be fair. And then the other schools will have to uh, negotiate and how long do you want this to take? And they end up getting more than what the 35 million per year would get. So I, I feel like that's the way this is going to go. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, but it's yeah. Like anything, it's just going to be a bunch of negotiations. All right. Where would I live off? It was uh, Dave. Oh God. Okay. Do either of you do a good Seinfeld? Cause I like to work on my Seinfeld impression when I'm mad. It's what I like to do. People say I kind of remind them of Seinfeld. Or... You kind of remind me of Seinfeld. Really? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. What's, a, what's the deal with speckled eggs? It's like chasing a unicorn in the poultry aisle. Supposedly the gourmet thing, right? You're thinking, wow, these eggs must be covered in fancy speckles. People research ducks for a living. They know all about the eggs. Speckled duck eggs? There's no such thing. Is that? It's, it's okay. Nah, I don't know. I, I don't know what the how to do that. Um, now speaking of foul play, <laughs> let's talk about the Oregon Ducks football team. They got these elaborate uniforms as if camouflage 
is the secret to victory. They got so many to choose from that they aren't covered in shit. Hmm. So what's the deal with the Ducks still donning these uniforms and going 0-3 in them? Are they aiming for a losing streak every time they sport these? Or is the whole world just having a good laugh because we both look and play like, well, you know. Uh, And you know what the real kicker is? Those speckled duck eggs, they're a myth. Just like expecting the Ducks to soar high in those flashy duck shit uniforms. Maybe they should focus on winning strategy instead of having a wardrobe malfunction on the field. I didn't even get to the part about what that shit is on. You know duck eggs, right? Mammals don't lay eggs. We have fetuses. Every other mascot is a mammal. We all have fetuses. Do Sun Devils have fetuses? But before I dive into that, imagine any other team strolling out with the unborn children of their mascot covered in you-know-what on their uniforms. It's like they're trying to out-weird themselves. So I'm hanging out with Oregon State Beavers, right? And they're like, Larry, help us make a statement with our uniforms. Uh, Me design a football uniform? Me? I mean, come on. Uh, what do I know about football uniforms? But they insisted. So fine. I tell them they got Knights Wilderness around here. They should do something nature inspired. Next thing I know, one beaver yells like a beaver fetus covered in beaver droppings. I mean, seriously, now they're touting it as the hippest thing in sports. I'm waiting for someone to yell cut, but this was real life. Not some bizarre beaver fashion show. Like I always wanted to have on my show, Seinfeld. Do these uniforms suck so bad? I slipped into Larry David there for a bit at the end. Is there any other explanation that fits, though? Uh, who got Larry David to design those unborn duck shit uniforms? And why would they follow through on making it? Have Huskies and Beavers infiltrated the Nike uniform designers? Wow. I guess the whole thing was supposed to be a Seinfeld. Yeah, it was all supposed that to be a Seinfeld. That was going to be really hard. That's a lot to read as... That was, as, that as was yourself, tough. let alone Seinfeld. I yeah. tried the first sentence. That I don't think he likes the duck uniforms. I, I, the speckled. It seems like yeah. it's on the fence. Like it's <laughs> some of the stuff. Like if you like the nuance of the email. Like some of it, there was some admiration mm. for going with the speckled, unborn, you know, non-mammal. But I think most of it was you know negative towards that. But I think there was a little, maybe a little hint of admiration. We had a consensus. In there. Nobody wrote, I'm writing in your crack, does it tickle? No. <laughs> like, literally, like 15 of the 18 people, I believe. They said no. They said no. Yeah. It's, it's a tough moment. Uh, EVS says, a platypus is a mammal that lays eggs. Just saying. That seems wrong. Those are kind of weird animals. Yeah, fuck those. Platypuses. Fuck platypi. Duck bill. All right, this is from Jeff V. Okay. Rivalry stuff. I need to recover from that. Hi, guys. I've never written to the show about football. Normally, I just send random calculations about the nautical miles between Marina Del Rey and Montlake or corrections on the fact that Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton are different people. This time, I want (laughs) fact checker. (laughs) This time, I want to support Dave's plan from an episode long ago when he shared his master plan for the future of college football. In his plan, the super conferences grow so large that they make divisions and we all get separated again by geography instead of the super conference. For now, we'll be in conferences where UCLA will have to build a rivalry with Rutgers shared on the commonality that they are the lowest watched sports content in their respective media markets or that it is faster to fly from UCLA to Rutgers SHI Stadium, six hours and 52 minutes, than it is to walk to the Rose Bowl, eight hours and three minutes. I also appreciated Dave's therapeutic rant explaining that the reason we love college football and why we are fans is because it gives us something meaningless to obsess over. 
I can't decide if that means Dave thinks his job is meaningless or if it means he is obsessed with his job. I sure hope it's the latter because what you guys do is meaningful to us who are obsessed with the sport. We love the deep dives. We love the drama. We love the pettiness. It's both. Um, most work is meaningless. Like, I mean, you're a doctor. Sure, fine. But if you're a lawyer, come on. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, so most work is meaningless. Uh, and uh, yeah, I found a thing to do that I actually enjoy, but it is meaningless. Um, and this is where, you know, it's that absurdism thing, right? Where it's, I acknowledge that this is meaningless, and I will, even acknowledging that, try to assign some sort of meaning to it, because that's the only way to get through the thing. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Both things, true at once. Uh, I live in Las Cruces, New Mexico, and Mayfield High School in Las Cruces has a mascot named after the team that was the national championship, that was the national champion when they were named in 1967, the Trojans. The thing that gets me is that the school abuts against Bruins Way. No other street in town is named after a college mascot. So some sneaky UCLA fanning city planner pulled off a top-level troll to slip a CFB rivalry into a town in New Mexico. Those petty things are why we love college football. I'm glad we at least get to keep our, our rivalry in the new Big Ten. Whatever the podcast of champions becomes, count me in, and I look forward to whatever creative twist you guys do to provide great commentary on West Coast football. Fight on and beat the Bruins, Jeff V. Thanks, Jeff. That was beautiful. Yeah, really good stuff. Yeah. Um, Montlake, speaking of Montlake, Montlake Blake, uh, you dollar sign C defensive coordinator suggestion. So... Mm. Uh, they are USC is looking for a new defensive coordinator, and I think Montlake Blake will provide some good suggestions. I'm assuming uh, <laughs> if USC wants to get serious about its next defensive coordinator, I'd like to make a suggestion. But for now, some cold hard facts: If USC had limited their Pac-12 opponents to a mere max of 31 points, the Trojans would be undefeated in the Pac-12 and still have a viable path to the college football playoff and maybe a national championship. That's actually pretty funny. Like if they if they held opponents to thirty one points, they would be undefeated in conference play. That's beautiful. Yeah, uh, there's a coach out there who checks all the boxes: uh, experience in the Big Ten, a leader of men, a schematic genius who this year has limited offenses to twenty one point eight points per game this season, and would likely be available should USC want to throw their weight around and go get him. I'm speaking, of course, of Brian Ferentz. Don't mess, <laughs> don't mess this up, USC. Hashtag hire Brian. To quote USC coaching legend Steve Sarkeesian, fight the fuck on. Go dogs, Montlake Blake. He's got a point. How funny is that? That I, I haven't checked his numbers, but if USC, so if you said, okay, you can only give up 31 points a game, but you give up 31 points in every game, you would still be undefeated in Pac-12 play. That's kind of funny. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. No, that, no, that, that's not true. Because they scored twenty-seven last week against Oregon. So that's not even. It's not true. Wow, you fact-checked yourself. I just you fact-checked. Like, I just thought about one week, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> People were doing that too. They were like, they just throw stuff out there, like, oh, uh, Lincoln Riley has the same record as Clay Helton, and the like. That wasn't even true either. Like, no, he had a better record. But like, no, 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 it's it's true. It's uh, counting full seasons as the head coach. You don't count the interim year. But he was he was permanent head coach, like at the end of the year. Like, no, 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 full seasons as the permanent head coach that started the next year. Okay, so it's from that point on. But he was the permanent head coach. Like he was the full time head coach for the end of the previous year. Yeah. Did he build the roster? 
Yes. Did he have any say in he how was, that team he prepared the, he going the, into the season? He was on the staff for like 10 years. Doesn't count. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's not that's not a fact check. That's uh you just are using a different uh uh, uh categorization you're, you're taking like the middle of his tenure no you're taking the first full season as the head coach but he also this isn't even was, illegitimate this is just he was the head coach before. did he run the spring practice the all-important spring practice before the year where you're counting he was on staff he was there he no. was the interim coach like dog shit no a year and a half before ryan ryan is trying to uh trying to cape right now and we're not going to allow it yeah we're not allowing it we've got one from thomas oh cool Predicting the future. Hey, guys, this has been the most depressing week as a supporter of UCLA Athletics in my entire life. Wow. Uh, I can think of like 15 off the top of my head that were more depressing than this. Like there was uh, the, the, the every week for like years <laughs> after they hired Steve Alford. Uh, there were most of my college years. Uh, there was the Rick Neuheisel era. Uh, there were multiple, like there was 59 to nothing lost to BYU. That was pretty bad. Uh, there was 44 to six to Utah and these were BYU and Utah before they were in major conferences. Uh, there's been a lot of depressing weeks. This does not come close. This should be a hopeful week. If I could just go back in time and deliver like big boxes of gloves to New Heisel. (laughs) Who knows? That'd have been, who knows? Like, it would have been 54. Five to nothing or whatever, right? What was that? Was that his swan song? What was that? Fifty to nothing. Fifty to nothing. Yeah, yeah. it would have been like fifty to ten. You know, yeah, it's true. Completely changed. Yeah, if he'd thrown some gloves out. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, rivalry week is upon us, and yet Bruins fans are more excited about sending their own head coach packing than ringing the victory bell. It's been a struggle for me to understand why people are so adamant about getting rid of Chip when his winning percentage has kept going up, not down. Good point. As a result, I came up with three predictions to submit for your ridicule. One, UCLA is more concerned about having a head coach before the transfer portal opens in December than winning games. It seems like Chancellor Block hasn't been an ally of Chip despite the hunger for change from outside. You get the sense there's a fear of a mass exodus of players if he's kept around. I mean, I think this is not just true for UCLA, but for anyone. It's it's horrible that this is when it happens. I think the signing day needs to be moved. It's going to be hard to move transfer portal, but... You kind of have to make your coaching move early because of the transfer portal and because of signing day. So I don't think this is just a UCLA thing. I think it's just like if you have to sacrifice a game or two at the end of the season so you get the right coach in, I think most schools are kind of doing that. So, I yeah, I'm not putting any blame on UCLA. I don't know. Do you think that way too? Um, yeah. I mean, I mean you want to win games, but like you have to like take care of the future of your program. Yeah, it, it it actually rewards firing even earlier than what UCLA is doing. UCLA yes. is actually being um, uh, maybe a little foolish to allow this to continue further because it would be beneficial to be able to tell players and coaches and all that kind of stuff, hey, we're, we're working on the new coach. We're going to have information for you by X date. Don't make any decisions until then. Yeah. But they can't because they still have a coach in place. And um, I know I know when UCLA fired Jim Mora after the UC, USC game in uh, 2017, it was for exactly that reason. And also because Chip Kelly told them, I'm not going to be willing to talk to you while you have a head coach in place. Uh, I don't know how many conversations UCLA can even have when they have a head coach in place. Yeah. Um, so 
there's a lot of reasons that what UCLA is doing is actually more polite than the standard in college football now. Look how many coaches were fired after this past weekend. Look how many coaches were fired after wins this past weekend. Mm. Um, so just an FYI. Yeah. Two. Jimbo won 55 to like 10 or something. Yeah, like yeah he 50. won by 28. Um, yeah. Two, USC is more concerned about Lincoln Riley. USC is more concerned Lincoln Riley is going to follow Caleb Williams to the NFL. This is especially true if the Arizona Cardinals have a coaching vacancy as well as the number one pick in the draft. My suspicion is coach was close to Mike Bone and is uncertain Jen Cohen wants him to, st- wants him to stay, especially if she can hire away Kalen DeBoer from UW. No, I don't think there's a lot of concern about him leaving now. I mean, they lost four of their last five games. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury's on staff. I don't think, you know, he's probably going to give like a glowing review of the Arizona Cardinals. I My guess is he's not really going anywhere. Um, but, you know, it, it's harder to hire. If he was like going to make the playoff or something, you could make a case for an NFL team hiring him. But I right. think at this point, it you know, he literally lost four of their last five games. So I, right. I don't think he's like, but yeah. Just my guess. Uh, three, both schools having a coach search at the same time will result in unprecedented revenue for both Bro and USCFootball.com. Ryan will become so rich that he can afford to buy Dave his very own Tesla that includes a Biden-Harris bumper sticker to ensure other drivers are constantly irritated when Mr. Woods is behind the wheel. Um, it would be a source of revenue for both of us. Yeah. Uh, coaching searches are the best thing that we could have in our business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's the one thing, as I said earlier, it's the one thing UCLA fans are promised. Uh, every five, six years, you get one of these. It's yeah. nice. Uh, keep it saucy, me amigos, and long live Connor Stallions. Thomas, I do want to point out one thing. Um, okay. Uh, Chip Kelly went in his first three years, 10 and 21. Uh, Huge improvement. Improving his winning percentage every year after that is fucking easy. <laughs> Uh, because it was dog shit. So um, he's still 500 right now. Like improving to 500 is where he is right now. And potentially he will be under 500 in his UCLA career. Do you know how hard that is to do? I can only think of one guy who's done it. Slick Rick Neuheisel, baby. And he, he did it when he didn't have gloves. He he was under 500? He was uh, 21 and 29, something like that. 20 and 29, something like that. Yeah, but... They're eating lobster. They need the steak too, just not just the lobster. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kevin says, "Let me pull it up here." We're hour thirty six. Are we going for two hours to show today? No, we are not. <laughs> Ryan was saying before this, and it, it happens every time we say this. He was like, "This should be a short one today. We don't have much to talk about." Hell no. Yeah, baby. I'm an idiot. Yeah, I'm definitely dumb. Uh, was that our last one? No. Oh crap! There's more. It's a voicemail. Oh, the whole. Uh, oh, it's Perk. Uh, let me download this. You want to read the next one? Yeah, sure. All right. This is. Wait. Is there another one? Oh yeah, Robert. All right. This is from Robin Seattle. Uh, UW versus Oregon State. Hey guys, in anticipation of a lot of UW hate this week for a number of reasons, I wanted to email in some commentary that seems to be more or less the sentiment of a majority of Husky fans. First, we respect the hell out of Oregon State and Jonathan Smith, our former OC. Coming into the season, it seemed to be the universally accepted that the Oregon State game would be the most difficult on Washington's schedule. 
There seems to be a narrative from some national pundits that this is somehow a trap game for the Huskies, Colin Coward, for example, while other Pac-12 fans seem to think Husky fans are overconfident heading into the game. From everything I've heard and seen in Seattle this week, neither of those are even close to true. I don't know how anyone could consider an away game against the number 11 team in the country to be a trap game. That take is dumb as hell. We're all aware that Oregon State is a very good team, especially at home. Objectively, Oregon State beating the Huskies and then beating the Ducks would be an awesome end to their season and for the final season of the Pac-12. We get that most Pac-12 fans are, will be rooting for Oregon State this week, as they should. Again, we get it. I personally think the Huskies have the edge in the game for a number of reasons, and of course hope they win. If for no other reason, Washington is on a 17 to nothing run. 17-0. and This team might not be the best in the country, but it might not matter if they're invincible. Joking, but on the real, at this point, this team should be given the benefit of the doubt in every game until someone can actually knock them off. This has felt like a magical run, and I hope Husky fans can pause and appreciate where we're at at this moment, regardless of the outcome of the game this week. Second, regarding the trial in Colfax, LOL, if you've ever been to Colfax, good for the Pac-2, because this case was filed in Washington. UW has been representing the departing schools in court, and our name is front and center on the wrong side of this case. In the end, I'm sure the Pac-2 schools will do the right thing and disperse the current season's funds to the departing schools, but then they should be entitled to the rest. Spend it as you see fit. Go dogs and beat the beeves. Rob in Seattle. Thanks, Rob. Colfax is very funny. Colfax is the spot between Spokane and Pullman, where if you are driving half a mile per hour over the speed limit, you will get a speeding ticket. I think Wilner tweeted that out or something. Yeah. But that's like a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We got the voicemail and then we'll be done. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Burke. Um, since I started listening, or since I since, but um, back when I first started listening to the podcast, uh, it seems like there was a constant barrage of just kind of talking about how bad the conference was in terms of coaching. Um, it seems like kind of how where a lot of the programs are at now, it's an entirely different conference with respect to how good the coaching's been. So I'm kind of curious if you guys feel like this is the best the conference has been kind of top to bottom um from the from the level of coaching or if you think there's been other years past where it's been better thanks guys great question um it's been a very good year um so what would you say there's uh washington oregon oregon state um usc utah I mean, Colorado's been interesting, so we'll throw them in there too. Uh, Arizona. Arizona and Arizona State all have like coaches that I think we would demonstrably say are, are good. Yeah. I mean, I, who knows on Jake Dicker? Who knows on Troy Taylor? Who knows on Justin? Well, we know on Justin Wilcox um, <laughs> and uh, Chip Kelly, obviously, but eight who are good. Um, I mean, 2013, what did that have? That had uh, good Jim Mora. Uh, it had Rich Rod before he blew up yeah uh todd graham before he blew up kyle whittingham still there uh colorado was dog shit uh stanford had david shaw before he blew up cal was who was that sunny dykes or is that still it might that might have been dykes yeah um oregon had uh mark helfrich yeah i think this might be it i think this is probably the best yeah it's been, um, it's been very good I know we had someone in the chat was like, uh, so Jim said, Jonathan Smith and the entire Oregon State coaching staff will be going to Westwood <laughs> after the loss to Washington. Um, we could see some poaching within. The, I don't know. We'll see if, yeah. if uh, what happens there. But um, yeah, no, I think the coaching is way better. And coincidentally, the teams are way better. So uh, good, good on the Pac-12 for making some good hires finally, eventually. 
We've had some years where you thought there was a bunch of good hires, like 2012, um, but some of those guys didn't really work out. But right. Whatever. All right. Well, let's go wrap things up. Uh, for David, David Woods, uh, I am Ryan Abraham. Do you have any poses that you would like? I guess we already did the uh, fist bump thing yeah. earlier. Um, yeah. That's, uh, that's all we got for the show. Uh, next week, Dave's going to be traveling a little bit, doing some spear fishing or something. Sword like- fishing. Sword fishing? Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, I'll be in Hawaii. Uh, so I think it yeah, might- Yeah, always going on vacation. Jesus. Unless something changes, it might be a Ryan Solo show for the recap. And then we're going to probably do end of next week for the preview show. So it'll probably be like Friday. And we're going to be remote because Ryan will be um, on the East Coast. Yes. So we'll try to do a live thing, maybe where we each get on our computers and do it over like StreamYard or something, but it might be a recorded show. So yeah. uh, if we don't see you, have a happy uh, Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, enjoy uh, celebrating the appropriation of native land uh, as we do every year. And uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Eat some turkey. Yeah. Have some fun. Yeah. Uh, get those tryptophan, get that tryptophan in your veins. Maybe do a turkey trot. Yeah. Something like that. And enjoy... Uh, week 12 of Pac-12 football. We don't have much of this left, so uh, enjoy it now. Savor it. Just like that last bit of gravy on that stuffing at the end. Maybe a little bit of cranberry. Just put all that last bite. You just put it Do all Do you together. like all the bad Thanksgiving stuff? Because you're just talking about all the bad Thanksgiving stuff. Okay. I love turkey. How do you love turkey? I, I deep fry the turkey. It's freaking awesome. Eh. Okay. Uh, I love mashed potatoes. Okay. Uh, I mean, what do you I, load them up with? I usually put corn and okay. gravy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so now you're talking about an entirely different thing. Okay. You're putting corn and mashed potatoes? Yeah, you're talking about something that's golden and beautiful. It's really good. I do like stuffing, though. Mm. I mean, I could do damn stovetop stuffing I like. But that's like, my that's my thing with with stuffing is I think there's literally no bad way to do stuffing. Stuffing's good. Uh, my ex was from the South, and they would do, like, dressing. So it was, like, it was different. I like the stuffing. Mm. I like the more, the whatever, stuffing, the northern stuff, the Yankee stuff. Uh, love that. Um, you know, a kind of green bean sort of casserole. Like, I like stuff casseroles like that. Casseroles are the way to go. Lots of casseroles. Yes. Yeah. Uh, casseroles are amazing because yeah. it's just like comfort food. Uh, I'm okay on the like candied yams with like um, marshmallow. Not my favorite, but like I'll do that. I'm not you a mean big... the sweet potatoes. Yeah, I'm sweet potatoes, whatever. Yeah. Come on. Um, I'm not a big cranberry guy, but I'll do a little. Are you? I'm not huge into cranberry. Well, yeah, I, none of this like homemade cranberry shit. No, no, you I, want want, I want it out of the can where it comes out with just the one big plop. That's what I right. want. And you can see the indentations. Yes, of, like yes, yes. The, the shape I want the that. Um, what kind of pie are you on? Okay, uh, I love love pumpkin pie. I love love apple pie. So like the main okay. ones. Put ice cream on them. Whip, you know, uh, Cool Whip. Uh, more cool. Whip than, more cool whip than whipped cream. Yeah, you're not going with the. Okay, I'm more cool whip guy. Wow, um, you like those heavy calories? Is that what it is? It I more, think it's more. Yeah, probably. Do you, uh, what? Which pies are you? Uh, I like a. I like a. You know, I'm a. I'm a simple child, so I like a chocolate cream pie. Uh, oh, those but are also. Cho- those are great. Pumpkin pie is great. Um, you know, I. I can go with an apple pie, on occasion. You know. Oh. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pumpkin, pumpkin, and, uh, and and some chocolate cream. I mean, cream. I think cream pies are great, like banana cream pie, chocolate. Yeah. I just don't get those very often. It's not like, but I would if like someone said, "Here's a, a 
you know, banana what about cream pecan? pie. Are you a pecan guy? No, that's another southern thing too. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but they're they're, guy. they're good. Like I just don't that's that's not like one of my go to's, you know. Yeah. Um but it's like my favorite meal of the year. Like I just love and I love having the corn on in there and the mashed potatoes and just like leftovers. You need a little crunch. Yeah, you want that like little bit of a uh, little bit of something extra. But I mix them with the potatoes and like um I mean good gravy's good, but I'm not like we went long enough that we got another super chat. Oh, wow. This is from Wait, holy cow. Jay Gladstone, who is five times as handsome, five times as funny, five times as charming, uh, five times the man. And this is saying something because we all know West Texas Mike is uh, a superman, uh, but five times that, uh, half as much as Colt Bush. So just so <laughs> you know, that's the level of person we're talking about here. Uh, Jay says, uh, hashtag Bonum. Bonum? I don't know what that is. I'm not sure what that is, but thank you for the super chat. We got a lot of, um, well, some people want us to go the full two hours, which that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, the canned stuff sucks ass. We've got wow. people that really like the homemade stuff. Uh, the rooster says apple made by mom is the best. Like, yeah, I mean, I love. I've never had pie. huckleberry pie. You haven't had that either. Uh, cherry pie a la mode. I'm not a big cherry guy. But I could I could get into that. Uh, cherry's pretty good. Yeah. I haven't had that blackberry. We had a suggestion for that. Okay. Uh, somehow, oh, they said Ryan has PTSD. Oh, that's probably from the X. Yeah, sure, I could probably have that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> gravy from the drippings, you simpletons. Yes, and uh, so you kind of make so you like you make like a little froth with uh, like flour and water. And the drippings, you know, kind of add to that. But when I deep fry the turkey, you don't get the drippings. So that's sort of one of the things. Gravy's um, overrated. That's what I'll say. Like, I I like making all the stuff. Sometimes gravy's just kind of weird to have it come out right yeah. and be a little floury or whatever. Eric uh, makes a point, but I want to uh, add an addendum. Use bacon instead of corn in the mashed potatoes. Instead of that, use bacon and corn in the oh. mashed potatoes. Make them loaded as hell. You can make a, 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 a five course meal out of a potato. Like just yeah. get after it. And this is this is my Irish talking, but it is there. Uh, put everything in the potato. Super OC Home says a roux. Yeah, you would make a roux. Uh, our our friend from uh, north of the border says Thanksgiving in October is better. Wow. Um, I mean, I like Thanksgiving anytime, so I'm not. I'm kind of cool with that. Uh, I. I love making the mashed potatoes. I mean, a lot of butter. So I like to do, you know, boil them, um, tons of butter, you know, drain them, uh, butter, whole milk. And I put a lot of garlic in my mashed potatoes. I like putting the garlic in there. And if my favorite mashed potato is if I do red potatoes and just leave the skins on. But for Thanksgiving, I usually do like because well, you want some texture. You don't want just like pure soft potato. You want yeah. a little bit of texture to it. Yeah. Um, they want us to go to two hours. No, we're not doing it. <laughs> I mean, we did get the super chat, so we have to go a little longer because that was great. Uh, but I, I, I love it. I love Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, cool. All right. Well, I guess that's going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you for everyone for tuning in, listening on the podcast, watching us on YouTube. Obviously, the super chats are great. Liking the, the feed, um, subscribing, sharing with your friends, tell them about it. Uh, we're going to keep it going. Like I said, next week will be a little bit different, uh, but so stay tuned to our social media channels and we'll try to tell you what's going on. For David David Woods, I'm Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show 
and we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>